Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. We will go into government, but we will do so only when the Belfast Agreement as amended by St. Andrews is properly implemented and respected. In this episode of The Bell Tell, what's going on inside the DUP? Some said after the Assembly elections, that we would weaken our position. It was a lie then, and it is a lie now. Stormont hasn't returned. Many seasoned commentators no longer predict that it will. Reports suggesting your party leader, Sir Geoffrey Donaldson, is considering ending his boycott of the Stormont institutions. Uh, do you believe that's about to happen? I think that we need to see something seismic coming from Downing Street and uh, it's going to take something significant to make that happen. Um, however, um, what, is, what has been on the table heretofore is nowhere near adequate to, to, to bring the DEP back into the room. Could Geoffrey Donaldson find a way back into the executive? Or is he under pressure from internal DUP rivals to stand his ground for unionism and against the Windsor Protocol? I want to see a functioning storm and I want to see our political institutions back up and running, but it has to be on a sustainable basis. That's why we need to sort these issues out now and not kick the can down the road. Who are Sir Geoffrey's rivals? And what's their game plan? Joining us on the Bell Tell to try and explain that is Suzanne Breen, the political editor of the Belfast Telegraph. Suzanne Breen, once again, you're very welcome to the Bell Tell. Suzanne, Stormont has not returned. Many predicted it it would. I think those predictions are getting a lot rarer, let's just put it that way. Where's Geoffrey Donaldson at with this? Geoffrey Donaldson has been, I think, where in his heart he's always been. He wants to see Stormont back up and running. He wants to see the executive and the assembly meeting. He is a committed devolutionist. I think he knows that the current political paralysis is bad in the medium to long term for the union. But he has to bring his party with him. And that's where the problems begin. Many reports that you have written indicate that there are various opinions within the DUP. Perhaps we could go as far as to say there are factions within the DUP. Who are they? Well, there are people who are just not on board with a return to Stormont under the present conditions with the Windsor framework still there and operating. Um, the people that Geoffrey Donaldson can't win over, that he that he can't convince, the first one would be Sammy Wilson. 
Now, it's not personal between Geoffrey Donaldson and Sammy Wilson. Indeed, the East Antrim MP was a key supporter of Geoffrey Donaldson's in his leadership challenge to Edwin Putz and, and played a quite a central role in Edwin Putz's removal. But Sammy is a Brexit fundamentalist. He is genuinely opposed to the Windsor framework. And I, I, I don't think there's anything that Geoffrey Donaldson could say that would win him over. The other person that I think is beyond the pale in terms of getting them to sign up to any agreement is Ian Paisley. Now, he was a Puts supporter, very strong Puts supporter. And, and there's issues with Ian Paisley and the DUP establishment going back quite a long time to the way his father was treated. Um, I think Ian does like to um, cause mischief from time to time. He also is in the North Antrim constituency. He could be coming up against Jim Allister potentially in a Westminster election. So he knows what will play well with his own voters. And I, I think on, on, on Brexit too, he, he is someone who is fairly fundamentalist. Nigel Dodds is someone who, I suppose, went to pasture. He went to the Lords uh, for the general public. Many people may have forgotten to an extent about Nigel Dodds, but he remains a giant within the DUP. Where does he stand? Well, I I think Nigel Dodds is probably the person, the the opponent on the Windsor framework that Geoffrey Donaldson is most worried about. In some ways... um, it wasn't expected that um, Nigel Dodds would end up going up against um, the, the direction in which his leader wants to go. Um, he was a key Donaldson supporter for, for for a time. And this is a new wound that has opened up in the DUP. Nigel Dodds has been very strongly against the Windsor framework and I would say that 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 causes his leader a lot of unease and probably keeps him awake at night. Um, He's a barrister, he is someone who could have been leader of the party after Paisley retired had he wanted it but he didn't. Um, He lost his Westminster seat to John Finucane and he's been a peer for the last four years. And that actually gives him a lot of freedom, makes him potentially dangerous for his party leader. Some people will say Nigel Dodds isn't a, a street fighter. Um, he isn't someone who, who would really have maybe a, a lot of individual MLAs. You, you, you could say, well, they're a Dodds man or they're a Dodds woman. But what he does have is gravitas. Um, He is a big beast. He's DUP through and through. His late father, Joe, was in the party. He had been a councillor in Fermanagh. So the DUP is in Nigel Dodds' DNA. And I think the party's base and, and unionist grassroots listen to what he has to say. 
Well, someone else who has DUP DNA is Edwin Poots, who, of course, for a very short uh, period of time, was the, the leader of the DUP. He has been making comments. He has said that something seismic must happen in order for the DUP to accept the Windsor framework and uh, return to the Assembly. Should we take that as a serious political contribution or is he still smarting? Well, Edwin Pitts very much is still smarting, but we do absolutely have to take what he says as um, a serious contribution to the debate in the DUP. He sits on um, the party's officer board. He is a key figure. Um, As you say, the DUP is in Edwin's DNA. His late father, Charlie, um, was also involved in the party. Uh, Edwin puts as someone, you know, who, who, who you just could not picture in any other political home than the DUP. He is popular among MLAs. He has his... A, a group, I think, of three or four key supporters um, in Stormont. But I, I think probably what is most in- interesting is that those the, the middle of the party, um, those MLAs that had supported his leadership bid, um, w- without whom victory would have been impossible for Edwin Putz. And they had then, I think, abandon him. There was various, various things happened during his short leadership. But I think those MLAs have now drifted away um, from Jeffrey Donaldson and are more likely to link up with Edwin Putz um, on saying that it's going to take something really big for the DUP to return to Stormont. Edwin Putz is not a political fundamentalist. He is, I think, a pragmatic politician. Of all the DUP MLAs at Stormont, I, I would say he probably has the best working relationship um, with Sinn Féin. Um, he, he's very fundamentalist religious views. He has um, strong positions on abortion and on LGBTQ issues. And, and I think that leads people to read him wrong politically, leads the wider public to think that he really is a, a hard, hard line. But I, I think he is much more pragmatic than that and his views are more nuanced. There is a, a very powerful personal history there with Jeffrey Donaldson that goes back to the the moves against Arlene Foster and the leadership contest between the two men um, two years ago, which um, Edwin won, but ultimately lost because he, he, he didn't stay in office very long. And I think all that baggage means that he would not be minded potentially to dig Jeffrey Donaldson out of a hole. That that the Puts camp may say that the DUP leader dug himself into. Jeffrey Donaldson, he he does have a hard core of supporters around himself as well. Jeffrey Donaldson's key team would be Emma Little Pengelly, Gordon Lyons, um, Gavin Robinson, of course, the DUP deputy leader, and um, newer MLAs like Diane Forsyth and um, Philip 
Brett, also MLAs who've been affected by um, the pay cut, pe people I haven't named, um, people who, who who do want to see Stormont back up and functioning because, you know, they're meeting constituents um, every day and, and, and they're probably just unhappy that the DUP is out on, on the political margins. Um, but Geoffrey Donaldson, I think, really is in need of some of the big beasts um, of the party to 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 back him. He he cannot do it just with the people that I have mentioned with their support. He needs some, I think, older figures and some 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 people who who would be maybe regarded as political heavyweights. And yes, I do think Edwin puts. Um, is also clearly thinking of um, what it would look like for the DUP to return to Stormont with what, what's on the table seems to be very little. If you're going to stay out of government for a year and a half, then you have to win something big that you can tell your voters, hey, this was worth it. This is what we've got. Otherwise, staying out and, and effectively making the people of Northern Ireland suffer, it, it, it looks quite daft if you can't deliver something significant. Well, before we move on to what that could be, what that might be, uh, what the possibilities are around that, uh, you mentioned the DUP's party officer board. Have we any inclination, have you any inside information as to how the mathematics uh, works out regarding that? What's the arithmetic of support on the, the DUP party officer board? Well, there are 12 people on the officer board and different camps in the party will give you a different breakdown um, of um, where we're at. Um, the anti-Donaldson camp believes that it is 7-5 um, in their favour against returning to Stormont as things sit um, and, and, and looking at, at, at the likely deal that will emerge um, from Downing Street. Um, I have heard Jeffrey Donaldson supporters say that no, they 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 think that they have got a majority, a, a slight majority, from my own breakdown. Um, I can see it as five five on each side, um, with with Gregory Campbell and Carla Lockhart um, in the middle, and I think Carla Lockhart is going to be a key person in all this. Her natural instinct, I, I believe, would be to back Jeffrey Donaldson. Um, but I think the, the the problem that will present itself for her is that she is in a very hard line constituency of Upper Ban. There have been protocol rallies that have taken place there. Feeling in Upper Ban on the protocol is very strong. And Whenever the party officer board meet to decide what to do on the day, the voting will be in secret. But I, I think it is, you know, not possible that it will stay that way. Um, I, I think who voted what way will likely leak out and the media will know the names of what the various DUP officers decided. And I, I, I think that... Um, may be very much on Carla Lockhart's mind and, and is, um, you know, may, may influence her decision. Now, 
Jeffrey Donaldson, I, I, I think, would be looking for a fairly significant victory um, in a vote on the officer board. I, I, I think... He, he would he never would risk want. a split. He would never risk a split. Is that, I mean, because you've described an officer board which seems evenly split. Do we need almost everybody to be converted? I don't think we're going to get everybody converted. I think that's absolutely impossible. Yes, Jeffrey Donaldson is the sort of consensus politician that would feel happiest if, if there was a totally united officer board, a unanimous decision um, to return to Stormont um, on a likely deal. But I think he probably could live with something like 9-3, that 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 he would think that that gave him a strong enough base to to go back to to give the go ahead to nominating a deputy first minister, but that seems at the moment I think quite a a, a tricky figure for him to reach. And what we have to remember here is that when any deal is announced or unveiled, we will have Jim Allister, we will have Jimmy Bryson, likely the Loyalist Communities Council and the Orange Order probably saying that it's not enough to merit our, our return to Stormont. So Jeffrey Donaldson needs a united party or a largely united party because he, if, if he is facing a backdrop of external opponents of the the UP criticising what he's done, then he needs to have his own men and women standing very strongly behind him. Um, if the party officer board was fairly evenly split and then it went to the DUP executive, which is a bigger, slightly wider body, and Jeffrey Donaldson could very easily run into difficulties at the executive. So this is all very, very challenging for him. I don't think any other leader of, of, of any political party really um, faces such divisions, such big characters, such big personalities and such splits at the moment. And I, I think all of them, d despite what they will, 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 will say publicly about the DUP leader and criticisms they may have to make, I don't think any of them would want to be him. You mentioned a possible deal. Uh, it, you know, I can't help thinking that Rishi Sunak and the Conservatives don't really seem very interested in Northern Ireland, especially not at the moment. I mean, what could the government do to lead uh, Geoffrey Donaldson and the DUP back through the doors of Stormont? What, what carrot could they possibly dangle in front of them? Well, the government um, needs to iron out the practical problems that there are with the Windsor framework, but I, 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 it also needs to make some sort of move to show the, the DUP and unionists that the union is still secure. Um, I think that that probably has to be a headline grabber. And also we have the issue of money. Northern Ireland is in uh, you know, a, a very, very difficult place um, regarding budgets. And um, I, I think some big package of at least a billion is probably needed from Westminster. But the DUP will, will, will still be nervous about tying a financial sweetener with whatever happens regarding the constitutional issue because it would leave itself open to claims from the TUV, from Jamie Bryson, from those opponents that 
that, that the party had sold out simply for pounds, shillings and pence. And if we go back to the confidence and supply deal where the DUP did um, secure a lot financially for Northern Ireland. It really didn't get a lot of thanks for that. Um, there wasn't a lot of kudos around it. Um, if the DUP says, you know, we we, we have delivered um, high-speed broadband to places, I don't know how much that resonates, and I don't really think that it won many votes for the party. So. Uh, what it has to get right, I think, is to reassure unionists in terms of the constitutional future of Northern Ireland. That's the first priority. Our um, lucid talk, Belfast Telegraph polling, uh, the latest one is a few months back now, but the, the unionist public clearly backed Geoffrey Donaldson's and the DUP's hardline stance. But we've had many stories since about uh, services, stories regarding the PSNI, there's the Loch Ness thing. Do you think it, that there's any indication that the unionist community may be softening their feelings about the Windsor framework or, or is that just fantasy land? There is no suggestion at all that unionist opinion has shifted on this. 70% of voters in last year's assembly election, they want Stormont back. They are frustrated and they are livid at the DUP. But within the unionist community, the position that the DUP is taking is popular and we have to admit that. Two thirds of unionist voters say that the DUP shouldn't return until the protocol is completely scrapped. That's not tweaked. That's not minor changes made regarding the Windsor framework. That is the protocol completely gone. And three quarters of DUP voters share that position. So while it is easy to criticise the DUP leader, he has to walk that path and he, he has to tread very carefully that he doesn't um, alienate those voters because we have a Westminster election coming up next year. Now, what I think some of his critics would say, and, and even within the party, was that he has perhaps made the situation worse by kind of joining those anti-protocol rallies by walking side by side with Jimmy Bryson and Jim Allister, that, that he has got too entangled with Jimmy Bryson. And he has, I suppose, then raised feeling against the protocol. He has seven tests um, that have been created. It, it is you know, very unlikely that the majority of those tests will be met. And some would say that Jeffrey Donaldson has played it all very badly. He didn't have a, a, a great hand to begin with, but he could have used those cards more skillfully. And perhaps he has made a rope that some now want to politically um, hang him on. But I, I, again, I, I stress that he, you know, he, he did inherit a party which was deeply split, which was, um, I think, the first opinion poll after he became leader had the DUP on 13%. It is on in a much healthier position now. It's on 26% in, in the last Lucid Talk polls. But those, those splits, they haven't gone away. They are just more under the surface. But they are still there and he has to manoeuvre around it. 
You mentioned Jimmy Bryson and Jim Allister. I mean, there is Doug Beatty who has a substantial electoral mandate and he says the winter framework isn't going away. He says, uh, you know, we're 12 months away from a general election, maybe even eight months. He is wondering about the future of Northern Ireland and unionism if devolved government isn't restored. He thinks, despite the winter framework, the DUP should go back in, unionism should go back in to, to, to the Assembly. I don't, perhaps Geoffrey Donaldson won't be overly concerned about what Doug Beatty says, but it, but but Doug Beatty is clearly differentiating himself and his party from the DUP. Um, yes, he is. And I, I think Geoffrey Donaldson and Doug Beatty are quite close. I think that they get on. I think that they likely share confidences. Um, and I, I think Geoffrey Donaldson has more in common, if the truth be told, with Doug Beatty than he would have with um, some members of his own party. Let's remember that, you know, not that long ago, um, there was some talk that th- th- there may be some kind of unity between DUP moderates and the Ulster Unionists, that, that they might join the Ulster Unionist Party or, or that some new political entity would actually be um, created. So I, I, I don't think there, there is this big chasm of, of, of opinion between the leaders of the two um, political parties. And Jeffrey Donaldson just finds himself, I, I think, in the position that he has um, taken the party down this road um, in response to the political conditions that 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 the DUP has 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 faced. I I I don't think he has deep convictions on the whole situation. What Doug Beatty says does make sense. Their, the Windsor framework really is 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 going nowhere. It is impossible to see the UK government binning it. It values its relationship, its much better relationship um, with Brussels. And I think if the DUP doesn't sign up to whatever agreement um, is on the table later this year, then that will probably be it. Um, for Downing Street, it has an election to fight next year. I don't think the political bandwidth will exist for endless negotiations going on with the DUP because there isn't one vote for the Tories in Northern Ireland on this issue. So they'll hope to settle it. They'll hope to settle it this year. And then I think that will be it. The door will you, you know, quite firmly close to further discussions on it. As things stand now... Is there some sort of victory here for anti-agreement unionism? Anti-agreement unionism at the moment, I suppose, um, is winning in the sense that the, the, the institutions are down and they are not functioning. And that is due to the opposition that we have seen from Jim Allister from Jamie Bryson and, and from um, some within DUP ranks. Um, but can they actually turn the clock completely back? I don't think they can. I, 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 at the moment, they can stop the institutions from functioning, but I don't think that they can secure a long-term solution. I, I don't think that they can secure what they actually want. If I can ask you a final question, Suzanne, 
Look, we know from the polls, we know from listening to the radio, we know from reading the paper that the vast majority of people here, they're angry with the DUP. They're angry about work not being done. But Sinn Féin blocked the Assembly for three years and they won at least a partial victory. They got what they wanted and they became even stronger electorally. Do you think the DUP will be taking that into account? I think that the situation between Sinn Féin blocking the institutions and the DUP doing so are very different. I mean, I I remember that press conference that Martin McGuinness gave. He was gravely ill and he spoke about how he was very reluctantly taking the party out of the executive. Um, I think the political circumstances, I think how he looked, the emotion that there was in his voice led to a lot of sympathy for the Sinn Féin position uh, th- that stretched beyond the party's own base. This was all happening against the backdrop of the Cash for Ash scandal, which had angered not just one community, but it angered everybody across Northern Ireland. And then we had... Um, A year later, we had the St. Valentine's Agreement, um, the deal between the DUP and Sinn Féin, which that would have restored Stormont, but which the DUP then pulled away from. The difference now, I think, is that every party, every big party really believes that the DUP is author of its own misfortune that the problems that it is facing have largely been created by the positions that the party took on Brexit. And and, and that's not just shared by non-unionists. The UUP thinks that as well. I mean, they are always stressing almost every press release that comes in from them on these issues will say that they didn't support um, Brexit, that they highlighted protocol problems um, when the DUP was initially prepared to go along with the protocol. So I think in terms of the position the DUP finds itself in, there's not a lot of sympathy and empathy there and it doesn't have a lot of friends on this one. Suzanne Brain, political editor of the Belfast Telegraph, thank you very much. This episode of The Bell Tale was produced by myself, Kieran Dunbar, sound designed by Graham Davidson. Clips from UTV, BBC and Sky. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.